<laughs> awesome. Uh, Toby Mac's a good man. Um, that's all I have to say. Um, okay. Outreach ministry. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Um, like Nicole, she is um, the head of inreach ministry for the next year, at least. I'm going to be the head of outreach ministries. So, yeah, obviously, um, you're going to be here right now listening to how you can reach out, learn how to reach out. Um, we've said many times that the leaders in CYM, almost all of them are out of high school. We can't reach the kids that are your age. We're going to college. It doesn't work that way. We don't go into high schools. We don't go into junior highs. You guys are the ones that are going to be able to reach those students. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard, most likely you have, the saying, um, give a man a fish and he will eat for a day, but teach a man to fish and he will eat for a lifetime. Um, I'm going to teach you how to fish. Um, Jesus said that he would make fishers of men, and that, that was his disciples. I'm going to be here heading up outreach, so whenever you have questions, you can come to me. If I don't know, I'll go to Cassie. If Cassie doesn't know, we'll go to Deb. If Deb doesn't know, we'll go to Pastor. It, there's always somebody that we can go to. So um, I'm just going to try to help you out through the next year, reaching out to students that are your age, people that you would never think to reach out to. Um, the definition of outreach is... Um, one, to reach beyond or exceed. Two, to reach out. Three, an active instance of, uh, an act or instance of reaching out. And four, the act of extending services, benefits, etc., to a wider section of the popularity. Or popularity, population. Wow, it's early. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I want to look at definition number four um, the act of extending services or benefits um, to a wider section of the population. This is our focus. Um, we're done right here, right now, with the, I only talk to my friends um, that go to church with me about God. We're done with that. This year is about reaching out to people, reaching out to students that don't know about God, people that you aren't comfortable with telling about God. I'm the same way. I like talking to my church friends, my Christian friends, about God and, like, what he's doing in my life, and I don't reach out enough to people. Um... So we're done with the whole um, focusing only on church people. We're going to focus on the people that don't know Jesus, like I said. Um, this is what Jesus' whole ministry was about, reaching out to people that didn't know God. And it worked amazing for him. <laughs> so I don't see why it'd be, it's so hard for us. Um, he taught his disciples what they needed to know, and then he sent them out. Um, he never focused on the people that um, knew God, I guess, um, but he went to those that were the lowest of lows, the people that were the prostitutes and the tax collectors. Um, Jesus was the one who didn't care what people thought of him. Uh, no matter what he said, he didn't care. No matter how unclean the person was, he didn't care. He didn't care if um, the religious leaders of that time were like, well, this person is somebody you shouldn't eat dinner with. He was like, no, this is you know, what God's telling me to do. Um, so that needs to be our focus, not worrying about our images, not worrying about what other people are going to think of us, because I can tell you that it's going to suck because people are going to hate you for it. People are going to make fun of you for it. 
It happens. People hate God. That's just how our world is. But we need to reach out as hard as we can to grab these people. Um, A little side note about that. Um, Attitudes. Our attitudes, a lot of times, are not the greatest. And we're humans. It's okay. Um, So usually when people um, don't like us, we don't like them. Bad attitudes both ways. Um, Or the opposite way. um, Somebody's really nice to us, we're really nice to them. Our attitudes are great. Attitudes are contagious. Um, Let's see here. They'll definitely, they'll rub off on you. Um, If you have an attitude, is it good or is it bad? Is it worth somebody catching? Because that's what contagious means, you catch it, right? So, is it worth somebody catching? Do you have a bad attitude and you're always like down in the dumps and you're like, oh, I can't stand that person? Or are you always like happy-go-lucky? What's your attitude like? Um, Do you realize that one bad attitude, one good attitude even, could completely alter um, a way that a person thinks about you? Because it can. If you have somebody coming into CYM and you have a bad attitude, they're immediately going to be like, oh, they're closed off. I don't want to talk to them. They're obviously not nice. Um, These are things that you guys need to realize. Again, if you have a bad attitude towards somebody, um, they're going to have one right back at you because they're contagious. Uh, This will put a huge wall up, and sometimes these walls are really hard to pull back down. So are you guys going to be willing to give up your attitudes to get people saved, to see more people come into the kingdom? So this year, again, we're going to be reaching out to kids that you'd never think to reach out to. Um, But it's also about you. It's not just about all of these kids. It's about you growing um, to be the man or woman that God has called you to be. It's about living like Jesus more and more every day. Um, I know that you guys heard this last night, but... I really think that we need to drill this into your minds. It was actually said, Nicole said it, and Shelby said it. I'm going to read you guys the vision poem. And actually, I had planned this before I even knew Nicole was doing it. Um, (laughs) So obviously, it's something that God wants to drill into our minds. So I'm going to read it to you. So this guy comes up to me and says, what's the vision? What's the big idea? I open my mouth, and words come out like this. The vision... The vision is Jesus, obsessively, dangerously, undeniably Jesus. The vision is an army of young people. You see bones, I see an army, and they are free from materialism. They laugh at nine-to-five little prisons. They could eat caviar on Monday and crust on Tuesday. They wouldn't even notice. They know the meaning of the matrix, the way the West was won. They are mobile like the wind. They belong to the nations. They need no passport. People write their addresses in pencil and wonder at their strange existence. They are free, yet they are slaves of the hurting and dirty and dying. What is the vision? The vision is holiness that hurts the eyes. It makes makes children laugh and adults angry. It gave up the game of minimum integrity long ago to reach for the stars. It scorns for the good and strains for the best. It's dangerously pure. Light flickers from every secret motive, every private conversation. It loves people away from their suicide leaps, their Satan games. This is an army that will lay down its life for the cause. A million times a day, its soldiers choose to lose, that they might one day win the great well-done of faithful sons and daughters. 
Such heroes are as radical on Monday morning as Sunday night. They don't need fame from names. Instead, they grid quietly upward and hear the crowds chanting again and again, come on. And this is the sound of the underground, the whisper of history in the making, foundations shaking, revolutionaries dreaming once again. Mystery is scheming and whispers. Conspiracy is breathing. This is the sound of the underground. And the army is disciplined, young people who beat their bodies into submission. Every soldier would take a bullet for his comrade-at-arms. The tattoo on their back boasts, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Sacrifice fuels the fire of victory in their upward eyes. Winners, martyrs, who can stop them? Can hormones hold them back? Can failure succeed? Can fear scare them or death kill them? And the generation prays like a dying man with groans beyond talking, with warrior cries, sulfuric tears, and with great barrel loads of laughter, waiting, watching, 24-7, 365. Whatever it takes, they will give, breaking the rules, shaking mediocrity from its cozy little hide, laying down their rights and their precious little wrongs, laughing at labels, fasting essentials. The advertisers cannot mold them. Hollywood cannot hold them. Peer pressure is powerless to shake their resolve at late-night parties before the cockerel cries. They are incredibly cool, dangerously attractive inside. On the outside, they hardly care. They wear clothes like costumes to communicate and to celebrate, but never to hide. Would they surrender their image or their popularity? They would lay down their very lives, swap seats with a man on death row, guilty as hell, a throne for an electric chair. With blood and sweat and many tears, with sleepless nights and fruitless days, they pray as if it all depends on God and live as if it all depends on them. Their DNA chooses Jesus. He breathes out, they breathe in. Their subconscious sings. They had a blood transfusion with Jesus. Their words make demons scream in shopping centers. Don't you hear them coming? Herald the weirdos, summon the losers and the freaks. Here come the frightened and forgotten with fire in their eyes. They walk tall and trees applaud. Skyscrapers bow. Mountains are dwarfed by these children of another dimension. Their prayers summon the hounds of heaven and invoke the ancient dream of Eden. And this vision will be, it will come to pass, it will come easily, it will come soon. How do I know? Because this is the longing of creation itself, the groaning of the spirit, the very dream of God. My tomorrow is his today. My distant hope is his 3D. And my feeble, whispered, faithless prayer invokes a thunderous, resounding, bone-shaking great amen from countless angels, from heroes of the faith, from Christ himself. And he is the original dreamer, the ultimate winner, guaranteed. Guys, this is our vision. It's not all, like we keep saying, you know, our vision is obviously in reach, outreach this year. But our vision is this. This is a battle cry. Our vision is to put on our battle gear and be ready to fight the world, be ready to fight Satan. Jesus already won. Now all we have to do is grab more people and let them know that Jesus already won. Um, a couple of things that I want to pull out of the vision poem is, um, if there's a few lines. Uh, the vision is Jesus, obsessively, dangerously, undeniably Jesus. Are you obsessed with Jesus? Or is he just kind of one of those things that you only run to when you need help? Um, are you undeniably in love with Jesus? Would you ever turn your back on him? Where are you at? What is your vision? Who's first? Um, it also says it makes children laugh and adults angry. Children get it. They have the simplest minds. They don't think anything through to any, like, extreme, like, area. It's 
just whatever comes to mind. You know, it's just very simple for them. That's why Jesus is really simple for a kid to get and for young people to get. And once you get into, like, college, once you pass, fa- pass through high school, it's a lot harder to grab people. It's a lot harder for them to change their minds. So children laugh about it because they're like, it's so simple. I get it, you know? Um, and adults get mad because they think that we're just being crazy. But that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Jesus is crazy. I've read some spots in the Gospels, like when Jesus like spits in somebody's eye or makes mud and all that stuff and puts it in somebody's eye. I'm sure I, if I was in that time, I would have been like, this dude is weird. What the heck is going on? <laughs> you know? Um, so that's why it makes people, adults angry. They don't get it. They have to think things through way too much. Um, the next part is, it says, light flickers from every secret motive, every private conversation. It loves people away from their suicide leaps, their Satan games. That's exactly what we are. We're light to people. Um, do you guys realize that you can witness to people without actually, like, witnessing to them? Just being their friend, just loving them, just showing them the love of Christ through you can make a whole world of difference. Because I know when, before I got saved, when I started coming to CYM, I could care less about anything that Deb was talking about. I sat in the back, I talked with my friends, I laughed, I talked during worship. I could care less, but why did I keep coming back? Because I was loved here. People showed me the love. I didn't understand that it was the love of God. But people loved me, and they respected me, and they didn't care what I thought. And even when I was cussing in the hallway and saying the F word all the time and things like that, everybody still loved me here. They didn't care. They realized that I was lost. They didn't care when I was hanging all over boys and things like that because they realized, again, that I was lost. I didn't know God. I actually even told Deb one night that I went up to her during prayer and was just like, I don't want this crap. Whatever you're offering, I don't want it. I think it's crap. I don't believe it. A couple months later, it was like light turned on. (laughs) You know, it was because of the love that people showed me here. Um, the next section, kind of long, um, it says, whatever the, um, it takes, they will give, breaking the rules, shaking mediocrity from its cozy little hide, laying down their rights and their precious little wrongs, laughing at labels, fasting essentials. The advertisers cannot mold them. Hollywood cannot hold them. Peer pressure is powerless. This is how we're supposed to be living, guys. Breaking the rules, the rules of the world, that's what we're supposed to be breaking. Not necessarily laws like you know whatever is put into place laws like that but we're breaking the rules really by living for god people don't want us to do that that's what satan doesn't want us to do he's he does everything he can to trip us up he doesn't want us to break the rules of the world um shaking mediocrity laying down our rights laying down everything that we have and saying, I'm going to live for God, no matter what. Everything's going to him. Um, laughing at labels. It's not, our relationships are not about, it should, or at least should not be, 
about hanging out with the kids that all wear Aeropostale clothes or um, hanging out with the kids that all like the exact same thing as us. Get rid of the labels. Love people for who they are. Um, the next part, they're incredibly cool, dangerously attractive inside. On the outside, they hardly care. We don't have to worry about what we look like on the outside. Yeah, appearance is like the first thing that people notice when you meet them. Like, it's good to look presentable, but it's not all about what's on the outside. The world thinks it is. If you have a, not a size zero pant as a girl, then the world's like, oh my gosh, you are fat. But we shouldn't have to worry about that. We should worry about what's on the inside. What's our heart? It should be Jesus. Um, they pray as if it all depends on God and live as if it all depends on them. Period. That's all. Pray as if it all depends on God because it does. But live as if it's all yours. Live as if you are the one that has to tell everybody about God. Um, their words make demons scream in shopping centers. Don't you hear them coming? This is outreach right here. <laughs> going into shopping centers, going into malls, and telling people about God because you can mention the name of Jesus and Satan is scared out of his mind. So going into a mall where it's like all these young kids, that's perfect. Most of the time, they're not living for God. They don't know even who Jesus is. So it scares demons away. Put yourself in a place where you know that there's going to be um, demons, where people aren't going to be that welcoming, and you've got yourself a great place to witness. Um, the last part is, and he is the original dreamer, the ultimate winner, guaranteed. He created everything. Obviously, you guys know that. God has given us everything. We don't deserve it, but he has. And he's already won. So all we have to do, like I said a little bit ago, is just grab people, pull them in, get them to understand him and to love him. Um, a couple of things that I want to let you guys know, like for outreach that we're going to be doing, um, are things like going to the mall on, say, a Friday or a Saturday night and hanging out with kids that are your age, people that you go to school with, you know, people that you know, and telling them about God or even just showing them the love of God. Um, we're going to let people know that our ministries are here for them. Um, we're going to help people out in any way possible, whether that's carrying somebody's bags from the grocery store to their car. Um, even if it's an adult, it doesn't have to necessarily be a student. You know, we need to reach out to the students, but that's just showing the love of God, and it's important too. Um, and we're going to do things at your schools. We're going to support their activities, sports, drama, whatever it is. If you have something that you'd like, We'll get a group together and we'll go. We'll figure something out. Um, and maybe even we'll get a chance to help kids with their schoolwork. Get together maybe on a Friday after school and, you know, work on some homework. Maybe you're better at math than they are, so you can help them. And maybe they're better with English than somebody else. 
you know, just get people together. It's showing the love, and that's the most important thing. Um, so, yeah, we're going to focus on showing the love of Christ through our lives and to let people know that we're here in any situation. Um, outreach can also be in CYM. It doesn't necessarily have to be outside the build, the, this building, but it can be in CYM with new students. Okay, obviously they're here, but you can go up and still talk to them and bond, especially if they come to your school and you you know they come to your school, but you never talk to them. You know, reach out to them. Say, hey, I've been coming here for, you know, however long. Maybe we can get together sometime. Try and build a relationship in here so that you can build a relationship outside. Um, I have a few handouts for you, so if I can get two people, maybe, to help me down. Okay. Everybody gets one of those. Only the kids, the people not in high school, or, or in high school and younger, sorry. Not in college and older. <laughs> um, the one that I just said, just for the high school um, and younger kids, it's your student rights. Um, just everything that you have a right um, to say and do in your schools. Let everybody get these, and then I can explain them. <laughs> okay. Let's go over the one that's student freedoms for... Um, everybody that has those. Um, you guys, as students, have a right to share God all the time in school. A lot of times teachers, principals, whatever, administration, oops, sorry, um, will say separation of church and state. You can't do that. But that law is really there saying that teachers aren't allowed to tell students about that. They can't share God with their students, unless, of course, you go to a Christian school. <laughs> um, but as students, you have the right to share with other students, with teachers, with faculty, anybody. Um, you, I'll just read through. You guys can read, but I can, I'm going to read through them. Um, you have a freedom to bring your Bible to school. You have a freedom to meet with other students for prayer, Bible study, and worship. You have a freedom to share your religion on campus a freedom to engage in voluntary school prayer, a freedom to hand out religious tracts on campus, freedom to present school projects from a religious perspective, freedom to wear religious shirts, symbols, and buttons, unless, of course, you have a dress code, um, freedom to study and practice religious holidays on campus, freedom to have religious club campus on an equal basis with other non-curriculum clubs, a freedom to live out your religious faith, these are your rights, guys. Like, everything that people have told you saying that you can't do something. Like, I know a lot of times, like, um, with National Day of Prayer, there's a lot of schools. I don't know if really any in this area. I don't think anyone in this area has ever really had a problem with it. Um, where, But where uh, principal, because you have to obviously get that um, to run by your principal, whatever. 
but there's been a lot of students that will bring it up to their principal and the principal will be like, no, you can't do it. And then people just stop and they're like, okay, can't do it, you know. But these are your rights. You get, you get to do that. It doesn't matter. Um, there, I put the website up at the top of it, um, www.yesgod.org. It used to be on ACLJ, but I looked and I could not find it on there. Um, they will set up lawyers to um, battle this out with your schools, whatever. Most of the time your school is going to be like, okay, you can do it, because they're not going to want to get into this whole like um, battle with a lawyer and spend money on it. They're just going to let your, the students do it. So you've got rights and use them. Um, set up Bible studies. That's something that we're going to try and work on is in each one of the schools to um, get a Bible study going, get something so people have an option of, you know, hearing about what God is, who God is. Um, we're going to focus on prayer as um, a group, an outreach team, but also at your schools, setting up times to pray, whether it be in the mornings, whether it be after school, um, whatever the, the case is. I remember in high school, every morning we'd sit at Cameron's locker, me and Shelby Devitt and Cameron and a couple other people sometimes, and we'd just be like, okay, let's find something in the Bible and read about it. So Cameron would open up to somewhere and he'd read it and we'd talk about it for a little bit. You're allowed to do that kind of stuff. No matter how much teachers hate it, you're allowed to do it. And let me tell you, we had one of the most liberal teachers right next to Cameron's locker <laughs> every day that absolutely hated it. it. It's something that you're able to do. So use, use the opportunity. Um, really, that's all I have. I want you guys to really just think about outreach. Think about things that you can do more. The other thing is just kind of for you. It, I want you to focus on the serving with style, um, which is the left side. And it's just questions. Um, what's your potential? What's your passion, your proficiency, your personality, and your past? It's ways that can effectively help you um, to figure out who you should reach out to, um, to figure out what you're good at so you know how to reach out to people. So really, it's just, um, just kind of a little resource for you. You can write on this. Do whatever you want with it. I hope you use it. Um, it's got some great things on there, great examples. So that's really all I have for you. Um, next is going to be Cassie, and she will be talking to us. Um, yes, we do have a break for 10 minutes. So, yeah, that's it.